This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. I say the ultimate adventure. All of us have things we're into. Some of you are into dirt bike riding. Some of you are into shopping. Some of us are into eating. We're all into certain things. We all have our stuff that we like to do with our spare time, our spare money, our interest. There's something that we're into, and it's an adventure for us. An adventure for us. Well, last week we saw uh, a guy in this church by the name of Derek racing his 1968 Camaro by video. We saw a video about that, and uh, I thought, well, well, since we're on the video train, let's show another video uh, today. Uh, our junior high student pastor, uh, he jumped out of an airplane. You ready for that? Let's watch that. That's awesome. That's funny. Two things that I think are just hilarious about that video. First of all, the dude in the yellow outfit was going so fast he caught up with Manny. Landing on him. <laughs> Manny had no idea. He was like, and then the second thing, did y'all see the last part of that video when the man in the yellow outfit with a cool helmet? <laughs> Why weren't you wearing a helmet is my question. <laughs> if I get strapped on with a guy in the helmet, I'm like, I need your helmet. But did you notice that, that the guy pointed? He was like basically saying, that's what we're about to hit. <laughs> Change the picture, dude, for real. There's no way to preach with that up there. At any minute, if the service gets dead and people are sleepy, just throw that picture back up there. Just boom. It'll liven everything up. Here's the catch. Uh, everybody's got their own stuff they're into. And man, I hope that God gives you enough time on this earth to experience hundreds more fabulous, crazy adventures. Whatever you're into, I hope God's grace gives you more time to do more and more of that. But this is what I want to get across to us as a local church. While this world, so to speak, provides all these incredible things that we're into, there is something provided only by Christ that trumps anything and everything that you'll ever do that's cool. Christ can take you in an adventure that's not just a good one. It's the ultimate adventure. There's nothing greater than you knowing that you have been bought with a price and that you have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? That's the start. That's the launching of the ultimate adventure. 
But then I want to share today that there's something else that God brings along and allows us to join in with that provides an unbelievable life adventure. In the New Testament, especially in the book of Acts, there was the birth of the New Testament church. And there's not a better word that can really uh, give a good description of the New Testament church like the word family. Everyone say family. Most Sundays here at Calvary, whoever would be in the pulpit, most Sundays we preach reaching for someone to give their life to Jesus. That's why we have Sunday church as we know it, in order to reach someone to come into relationship with Christ for the first time or possibly to renew a relationship with Christ and to come back to the Lord. Today's a unique day because I'm going to take this day and I'm going to do something that I normally and traditionally would not do. I'm going to preach about the church and I'm going to preach to the church about what we know as the family of God. What I mean by the family of God is this, is that when you came to Jesus Christ, you were actually placed into a faith family. Now, I want to be real clear and communicate this properly. This is a local church that's located at 700 McPherson Road in Fort Worth. This is called Calvary Church. But all around our city are great dynamic churches all around our country are fantastic churches. The cool thing is all around the world, there are great dynamic churches that all come together and make up the family of God. We just happen to be a part of the best one in town. But I just kind of being silly. I was just kind of messing with you, not really messing with you, but you know what I mean. So, the family of God, I'm going to use these words a lot today, the family of faith or faith family, because really when you come to Jesus, you're a part of the family of faith. You're a part of the very thing that Christ purchased with his own blood, the church of God. Now, here's what's interesting about Scripture. Scripture says that Jesus refers to us the saved uh, as sons and daughters, which makes us brothers and sisters, which is the whole foundation of that really awkward thing when you're in Target and someone says, Brother Brandon. And you're like, uh, Tommy. I'm not going to call anyone out particularly today, but there is one particular couple in this church that I will not share their names out of my true deep love and relationship with them. But I was with them one time and in a large public school event that I happened to be somewhat leading that day and kind of helping organize. And the young lady in the relationship walks in. She hits me with the real cool approach of, hey, what's up? I said, hey, it's good to see you. And then her husband uh, that was brought up in a very traditional setting in front of the whole school says, Brother Tommy, how are you? 
And the wife says, shut up and never call him that in public again. Now, let me help you out with this. We, we get it, right? If you've been in church for any length of time, if you grew up in the Presbyterian church, if you grew up in the Methodist church, Baptist church, Pentecostal church, it doesn't matter where you grew up. If you grew up in the South, you were brought up saying hi to Brother Jones or Sister Smith, Brother Richard or Sister Susie. I'm Tommy. <laughs> and I'm good with that. Do you get that, brothers and sisters? <laughs> How you feeling, Brother David? You good over there, Brother David? Like that shirt, Brother David? Stand out in the crowd there, Sister Melissa. Check it out. We know why we do it, though, right? Because really, I, to be honest with you, it's an incredible amount of respect for the family of God. And while we're kind of having fun with that thing that somewhat uh, is not understood by someone that's not in the Christian faith, so to speak, in the Christian faith, whether it's the church down the road or this church, it's not just about this local house, we get it because when you come to the Lord, he places you in this beautiful family, the family of God, and there is a respect and honor shown towards one another that really is summed up with my brother in Christ or my sister in the Lord. And, and we get that. And for the church, I am grateful. Outside of my salvation, by the saving grace of Christ, there's not been one single person or one single thing that has ever I'm close to matching the blessing in my life, like being a part of the church. The church really is the living, moving vehicle of the ultimate adventure. There's nothing in this world, man, nothing in this life that could satisfy the believer like the local church. And it's just God's plan. If you've been saved for any length of time, some of your greatest stories that you like to share with people probably happened around the church. It's because it's the living, breathing vehicle of God's ultimate adventure. It's the faith family. Everybody say amen. Anybody remember a guy in scripture, his name was Peter. Gentleman in scripture by the name of Peter, a few highlights of his life were these. He was a fisherman. Uh, he had a really hot temper at times. Uh, the book of Acts even says he was unschooled and ordinary. He was, at times, he was even um, confused, may not be the right word. He was, uh, what can I say? He was, he was challenged by Paul's writings. Paul was such a deep spiritual thinker. Meanwhile, Peter... Peter loved the Lord. Peter was all out for God. But there were times that Peter was just an everyday normal fisherman that struggled with the deep things of the spirit. So let me kind of repackage all that and say it one more way before we move on. Peter was normal. Peter was a lot like you and a lot like me. 
He had his really good days where he was so passionate about Christ that he would take out a sword and defend the Lord and even cut a man's ear off. And then he had his weak moments where he even uh, denied that he even knew the Lord. So it wasn't by accident that Christ would use this type of individual to teach the church, the family of God, because Peter could be sitting on the pew with you today. Matter of fact, he, he, he's, he's, he's reflected in all of us. All of us can connect with this real-life human named Peter that loved God but also struggled at times. It's the ebb, it's the flow, it's the high, it's the low, it's, the, it's life. One time, Peter was so in tune with the Spirit that even Jesus said, all of these people fail the test. When I ask them who I am, they get it wrong. Peter, who do you think I am? And it was in Matthew 16 that Peter said, you're, you're, you're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus is blown away, Amanda, and he says, absolutely, but I know that you didn't come up with that on your own. The Father must have revealed this to you. You are one in tune cat. So Peter's a good example of humanity. But also, one last thing, Peter had a, a niche. He had a, he had a wisdom. He had an understanding, a comprehension greater than anyone else about what? About this, the church. Peter understood how the family operated. Has anybody ever had a family meeting? You ever had them family meetings? Most of the time, the family meeting is not called by the family. It's called by one person in the family that kind of keeps that family alive and going. You know what I'm saying? Aunts and uncles hating each other, but when grandma says, we need a family meeting, they all line up in the living room. Well, Peter called a family meeting and if you want to turn to the book of 1 Peter chapter number 1, Peter called a family meeting, but it wasn't in person. He did it by means of writing. He wrote a letter, and he needed to set some things straight in the family to make sure that the family was going on the greatest adventure of all time, and that was being the church of the living God. Because even the best of families need to be reminded every now and then how the family operates. Check this out. A room like we're in today, all kind of families are represented. There are some families represented in this service that are like just the most healthy, picture perfect. They got it all together and all of us don't like you, by the way because you're just perfect, and we covet thy perfect perfection. I almost said perfectness, and that would have been Beauregard Parish. We covet your perfection. And then there are other families in the room that um, a psychologist would be very sweet if they were to refer to you as a dysfunctional family. And then there are other families in the room that are broken and fractured and normal, and just trying to stay alive and trying to cope with life. And everywhere in this room, from pew to pew, is a beautiful picture of 
families. We all come from different backgrounds. We all have our own rhythms. We all have our own traditions. No one's right. No one's wrong. We're all unique in the sight of God and our family. But every family needs to be reminded how their family works every now and then. And Peter, Peter wrote a letter to the family of faith to just offer a few points of consideration on how the family works. And for all the things that Peter did wrong, he did this one right. For all the places that Peter came up, came up short in, in his life with Christ, he got this one right. All right? Now check this out. The book of 1 Peter, chapter number 1, and we're going to look at verse number 22, and then we're going to uh, take that all the way through chapter number 2, verse 12, but no one panic, we will not read the whole thing. Okay? First. Peter chapter 1, verse 22, to the family of faith, to the church. Don't ever forget this. You were cleansed. I'm reading from the NLT this morning. You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. Is there anyone here today that's thankful that your sins have been washed away by Jesus Christ's death on the cross? Let me ask that again. Is anyone thankful that your sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ? So now, since you're so happy, clappy, thankful about your sins being washed away, you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. For you have been born again, if you're so happy and grateful that you've been born again, say amen. amen. Well, now that you are really happy that you've been born again, this out. Your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. And as scriptures say, this is funny, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field because that grass withers and that flower fades and no one got it. I'm going to read it again. Are there any engaged couples here today? You're engaged? Bishop Ron raised his hand. Sherry, do you know about this? All right, we got, we got an engaged couple right here on the second row. I'm going to see if they catch this. Ooh, I'm in trouble. People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. Unfortunately, the grass withers and the flower fades. Denora told me I've been gaining weight. Don't deny it now, honey. See, everybody thought you were this angel up here singing, 
having your little move of God, just tearing the roof off the glory. But yet she said, mm, mm. I was going to try to help her out. And I said, yeah, I know, man, because I, I see everything when I gain a little, it's all in my face. And she went, mm, not all of it. I'm just kind of like grass. I wither. And I need some withering. Because I'm like a flower and it's fading. <laughs> Seriously, isn't that what life is like? Man, life, people, time, the process of life. But... <laughs> Praise be unto God, verse 25. But the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. But since you're so happy clappy, get rid of all the evil behavior. Be done with all the deceit, the hypocrisy, the jealousy, and all the unkind speech. You're a newborn baby, so you need to start craving the pure spiritual milk. Get ready. Peter just slaps all of us. He just read, he just slaps us. Listen to what he says. You're like a newborn baby. You need to crave spiritual milk. So why? So that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Check this out. Sister Joyce Calvert, notice I said sister. I can't call it Joyce without saying sister. You know what I'm saying? Sister Joyce Calvert, I'm afraid the Lord would strike me if I said, what's up, Jay? <laughs> sister Joyce Calvert, boy. You better call Sister Joyce. Sister Joyce. Check this out. When you're saved, this is hard to imagine. This is hard to understand because there's nothing greater than the salvation of Jesus. But yet, there's so much more to Jesus that it says you've only tasted the kindness of the Lord. Now that you're saved, you need to grow up. You need to start developing, maturing, growing up in the ways of God because this is your responsibility being in the family. If you're going to be in the family and you are, then you need to take up your rightful place in the family and start growing in the things of God. Check this out. There's, there's nothing worse in a family than an older, mature, settled individual that acts like a baby. Well, you know I'm preaching. And spiritual growth and spiritual development will settle a lot of the immature choices, the immature decisions, and the immature attitudes that go on in our earthly natural families and in the family of God. Somebody say amen this morning. Amen. 
God's wanting to take us on an adventure of a lifetime. So therefore, he laid his life down and he spilled his blood for each and every one of us to be saved by the grace of Jesus. But then he says, now that you're saved, I don't want you just to taste the kindness that I've shown to you. I want you to crave more and I want you to develop and mature and grow into the fullness of your salvation. So this is what he says to do. Let's skip down. Let's skip down to, um, uh, let's, go to let's go to verse number, verse number 9. He says, you're not like those that have gotten tripped up. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priest. You're a holy nation. You're God's very own possession. And as a result of this, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. But if you don't grow up, if you don't mature and develop in Christ, you're just going to be like a newborn baby. And you're not going to have that great influence on others that I want you to have. I'm, I'm calling on you to grow, to develop, to mature, to, to age a little bit in the ways of God. That's your responsibility in the family. The, the family has some rules, house rules, family rules. And the family of God says, I've purchased you with my own blood. Now, why don't you take this good book of mine and why don't you get plugged in and connected to a local church and why don't you now go to work on yourself and become all that you can be? Because I've got good news for every single one of us in this room. God has a purpose and a plan for your life. But it's your responsibility to prepare yourself to walk in, to live out, to enjoy the purpose and the plan that God has for you. Somebody say, that's good preaching. So glad you feel that way because I, I do too. Check this out. Peter says in verse 11, he says, I need to warn you though, family. I need to warn you of some things. Your, your, your temporary residence here, your foreigners here. In other words, this world that you're living in now, it's not your home. So jump out of airplanes, race your cars, do whatever it is you're into, but just know that there's something greater at hand than this world's adventure. There's a greater adventure. So make sure in the, new, in the NLT it says, keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul. I want to think some some translations say abstain from evil desires. Anybody got a King James version? I've got one right here, but it saved me time. What's King James version say? Bunch of lost heathens. Nobody got. To... <laughs> Man, I need to just change this whole sermon, huh? Huh? There you go, fleshly lust. Abstain from fleshly lunch. Lust, lunch. <laughs> Glory. I heard from the Lord. Shut it down and go to lunch. And somebody said, preach, preacher. 
<laughs> Keith's like, wrap it up. That's funny, man. Now I just got to preach a little longer because y'all need to grow up. <laughs> Abstain from lust, flesh, sinful. But here's the coolest part of this sermon for the family. Mitchell, check this out, David. Listen to this. Everybody's got to catch this. Sam, Janet, catch this. It's going to help us. Peter doesn't stop with just warning the family on what not to do. Because he gets it. Remember, Peter's the one that gets how the family should operate. He gets it. He's in tune. And Peter's saying, I need to warn you about some things. Abstain from sinful desires. This world's not your home, so, so don't go embracing sinful stuff, man. You've been bought with a price. You're saved. You need to grow up to the point where you're building some, you're building some walls between you and your sinful desires. You need, to, you need to mature a little bit where you just don't fall into sin every waking minute. You need to, you need to start growing up a little bit now. He says, I need to warn you, don't dabble with sinful things. But Peter's so smart on family operations that he doesn't stop there because he understands that you only have this much time in this life. And if you spend all of your life currency, your time, trying not to do what's uh, wrong, you won't spend enough time doing what's right. Man, I got two beautiful drop-dead little girls. And if all my parenting was about what not to do, man, they're just going to develop into children that are full of fear and, and, and intimidation. And they're going to always be looking over their shoulder that God's going to wag his finger at them and God's going to correct them. I don't want my children living in fear of God. A reverence, absolutely. A respect, without question. But I want my little babies to have a faith in God that pleases God, not a fear in God that causes them to miss the blessing of God. And that's not just for my family, that's for the family of God. Peter said, listen, we're going to call sin what it is, stay away from it, but I also want you to live a faith life that pleases the Lord. This is what he says in verse 12, and I'm closing now. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. This world's not your home, but while you're here, there are people that you do life with at work, on your street, in your school, that you rub shoulders with that are not followers of Christ. So don't live your whole days trying not to do anything wrong, trying not to make the wrong choice. Try, live a faith-giving, life-giving lifestyle that causes them to see something in you that makes them interested in the saving power of Jesus. Clap your hands, somebody. Y'all think I can do this in three minutes? Somebody said yes, and the bishop said no. That's faith. That's reality. <clears throat> That's experience. 
Here's what Peter says. I'm going to give you four points real quick and we're done. Two minutes. Here we go. Peter says, first of all, each and every one of you in the family, you got into the family the same way. No one got in this family in their own way. Everybody got in the family of God the same way. In other words, everybody is saved by Jesus. You can't think your way saved. You can't live your life getting saved. You can't buy your salvation. You can't pay somebody off to get you saved. Every single person in the church of the living God, every person that comes to the Lord comes through Jesus Christ. I believe my Bible says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but Jesus is the doorway of salvation. And Peter says, I know all of you are saved, and I know all of you, you know, you got cleaned up, your sins are forgiven, but don't you be looking around thinking that anyone got in this family a different way. All of us are equal because all of us were sinners. Check this out. In this culture that we're living in, in the times that we're living in, I'm not gonna slant political here, but I just might. In the season that we're in, everyone's trying to draw a box around themselves showing their uniqueness against everyone else. In this culture, that may work. But in the church of the living God, there is no race, there is no age, there is no sex, there is no educational status, there is no social class. Everyone stands equal at the foot of the cross. No one's better than anyone else. No one's worse off than anyone else. Everybody's a sinner that needs a savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And Jesus saves who? All men that will call upon him shall be saved. So ladies and gentlemen, Peter reminds the church, little family meeting, don't forget this, everybody came through the same door carrying the same problem. And they were given the same relief. And that relief was salvation by the grace of Christ. Number two, and I quickly hit this. Uh, he says, you need to grow up spiritually. You need to grow up. Then number three, he says, you are made for a purpose. Ask your neighbor real quick. Ask him this out loud. Say, do you know your purpose? Okay. For all of you that said, I have no idea, here is your purpose. Here is the purpose of the faith family. Ready? Check this out. Here's your purpose. To know God and to make him known. That's it. Know God and make him known. You might make him known through preaching. You might make him known through buying somebody a hamburger today. You might make him known by being an anonymous giver to someone's need. Make him known. Doesn't say make you known. Make him known. Know God, make him known. Don't overcomplicate your purpose in the family. The purpose of the family of God is to change this world, to change our community, to change our schools, to change our neighborhoods, to change our families. Know God and make him known. God's not called you to blend in. He's not called you to, to go missing in the crowd. God's called you to be salt and to be light, to turn on the light bulb of every dark heart and to give flavor to every bland life. You've got a purpose. Yeah. I know this is a little 
throwback in time, but God did not save you to allow you to become petrified and take up space on a church pew. That's not your plan and purpose. The plan for your life is to make God known to anyone and everyone that you can make him known to. Last but not least, do not think that you are saved and in the family and Satan has forgotten about you and moved on to someone else. You got a target on your back. He wants to see your marriage fail. He wants to see, he wants to see your home broken. He wants to see your finances go south. Satan's got a plan for you just as God does. He wants to see you fail God miserably. So therefore, come on, that's what I'm talking about. Somebody ought to celebrate that right there. That woman said, ain't gonna happen. Keith, come and help me, Keith. So, you got a target on your back, man. You got a target. The enemy wants to see you fail. He wants to see you stumble, and ultimately, he wants to see you quit. Do you know how big this local church would be if there weren't quitters? This campus would not hold it. You know why they quit? It wasn't because they woke up one day and said, I'm going to be a quitter. No. They quit because there were some family operations among the brothers and the sisters that did not go after them, that did not hold them. Let me tell you something. No one just goes missing. Ladies and gentlemen, in the end times that we're living in, the return of the Lord is soon. And it's critical, it's imperative, it's extremely imperative that each and every one of us that are in the family of God, whether you attend another church and you're just visiting family today or whether you get uprooted with your job and they move you to Chicago, you're gonna be in the family of God. And can I tell you something? It's imperative that each and every one of us do what family does. Let's love each other. Let's care for one another. Let's go on this ultimate adventure. Send that text reminding someone, I'm not seeing you in a while. Make that phone call. Send them an email. Matter of fact, if you've just not connected with them on church campus and they're here today, walk out of your way, stop them in the parking lot and say, man, it's good to see you again. Come on, come out of your shell. Grow up a little bit. You're not newborn babes in Christ any longer. If you're saved, then let's become family of faith. Let's start living together, doing life together. I feel like somebody needs to buy me a blizzard this week. I felt that in the Holy Ghost. It was a word of knowledge. It just came to me. I don't know if it's for this section or this section. I just lay it out there like bread on the water. It's going to be Denora. I know who it's going to be. Because she wants to see me not wither away. She goes, man, we'll be going to Dare Queen this week. I can tell. She goes like, you going to get a salad? No, I ain't getting no salad. Make it a large chocolate malt. Somebody told me it was the end time, so I'm going out and stop. If he's going to rapture the church, might as well go on up. 
All right. I want you to stand with me this morning. All over this room, man. Look around this room today. I got a text message in church a while ago. Somebody sent me a text in church during the worship set. I won't tell you who it is, but she's married to Craig Stevenson. <laughs> Somebody sent me a text and said, man, this second service attendance is amazing. You know what? It is. This is awesome. How many of you want to just celebrate what God's doing at Calvary Church? Yeah! Hey, man, check this out. Think about who could be here, though. You're going to go to work tomorrow with people that need the love of Jesus. You're going to rub shoulders with people today that need the love of Jesus. So stand up. Take your rightful place in the family. Know God and make him known. Man, let's just have great revival this fall. We are brothers and sisters, you know. Lord Jesus, bless my friends. Let them stand firm in faith. Let them be courageous. Let them go in faith expecting you to show up and put the right words in their mouth. Put the right uh, sensitivity in their heart. Father, there are people in this room today that have loved ones under the same roof that are not here. I ask you to go to work in the spirit, softening hearts and causing revelation moments where, where people come to themselves like the prodigal son and they make a life change. I pray in Jesus' name, protection, health, and provision on each and every one in this room, the family that I love so much. God bless them in Jesus' name. I love you. Have the best week of your life this week. God be with you.